Welcome to Redemption Unveiled, where we believe you are here for a reason and it's your job to discover it. Hi, I'm Haley and I'm here to help. I knew exactly why I was put on this earth and I believe you should too. Let's get going. Hey, so if you listen to my podcast on Monday, you know that I am offering a course right now. So it opened yesterday, today is Wednesday, and it will close tomorrow for availability because we start next week. And it's a four-week course with two podcasts a week and emails to go along with it. And we are going to cover the power of a woman's prayer life. And not just prayer life, but the place a woman needs to have in the kingdom and the approach she and we need to have in our life with God and in the church. And as I've been thinking about all of these things, one of the things that I am convinced of is that many women become very discouraged in their prayer life because of prayers going unanswered or unmet, or perhaps you felt like you were told no before or many times. And there's a scripture that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I know from my own journey and from walking with many women that that's really true. Hope deferred really does make the heart sick. And waiting upon the Lord is so hard. (laughs) And sometimes you're like, wait, am I waiting upon the Lord or am I being attacked? Am I supposed to be fighting or am I supposed to be waiting? Am I supposed to be praying? Am I supposed to be seeking, surrendering? What is What is it that I'm supposed to be doing, right? And one of the things that can get really tricky is just like, why, why is God not answered yet? You know, why, why hasn't, why haven't things become resolved? And today, I kind of honestly just wanted to look at some scriptures. You guys know in my community, on Thursdays, we have Bible study day. And actually, it's one of my favorite things that I do because I'm convinced there's so many things we can learn in the Bible, obviously, as a Christian, I should believe that. But I also think it's just, it's really cool to look at the things and try to put a perspective on it and bring it to life. So today, I really, I want to highlight some, I want to highlight a story of a woman who waited a long time on God. And I want to highlight some of the realities of waiting on God And so I want to look at Luke, and I like Luke. Luke was, is actually the only Gentile to write a book of the Bible in the New Testament, and I find that really interesting. Luke also was not one of the disciples, which I don't know if you're like me, but I always just thought Luke was a disciple, but he wasn't one of the 12, at least. He might have been in the group, but wasn't one of the 12, so... Anyway, I like Luke. They say he maybe was a doctor just because he's so thorough in his writing. And one of the things I always say is, yeah, as thorough as he was, though, I just think they leave out too many details. Us as women, we would really like a little bit of detail, a little bit more detail, right? So anyway, let's let's look at this. So Luke is starts with, basically, it's the story of Jesus. And if you guys know much about the Bible, you know that actually before Jesus was conceived or was, you know, put in Mary's stomach, there actually was John. And John is, from the Bible, John the Baptist, and his parents were Zechariah and 
Elizabeth. And I actually really want to focus on Elizabeth for much of today's podcast. So Elizabeth, basically Elizabeth and Zechariah never had children. And this is If you guys know much about the culture in the time, you know that many people actually viewed infertility as basically a curse on the family, like basically saying, and a lot of the shame was put on the woman, basically saying, you know, she must not have the favor of God because if she did, she would get pregnant and be able to have sons, basically. Which, of course, nowadays in the in with our technology and stuff, we know, goodness, it could have been his problem, but let's not, you know, focus on that. So long story short, Zechariah has this powerful experience with God in the temple. And he basically is told, like, your wife is going to have a baby. And it, he was a little bit in unbelief because <laughs> at this um, I love I love this portion. The way the NIV tells it is he says, Zechariah tells the angel, who basically is just telling him, hey, just heads up, like, you're gonna, your prayers are gonna be answered. I always think it's funny, it's like, have you ever had one of those times where you're like, uh, too little, too late? Like, I'm kind of past that. Like, I almost feel like Zechariah is like this. Like, they, yeah, it was a really difficult experience for their life, but they had moved on. They had moved on and let it go. Like they were past that point of their life. But listen to what Zechariah says to the angel. He says, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Can we just give Zechariah a few little points? He describes him. <laughs> he describes himself as old, but his wife is well along in years. Perhaps, just perhaps some of our own things in our life we're back you know in the bible times we're back the same like i'm old but no no my wife she's well along in years let's let's not call her old that'd be horrible you know what i mean so anyway zechariah basically is like we are past this and he ends up you know he goes home he he finishes his duties in the temple and he after his wife elizabeth they they became pregnant and here's something that is very interesting to me. It says, for five months, she remained in seclusion. And listen to what she says. The Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Here's what I want to say to you right now. This is a couple that had dreams, hopes, perhaps even a promise from God that they would have a child. Perhaps, maybe not. Maybe they just thought, oh, I would love a child. But they let it go. Do you understand me? Like, they were past expectation. (laughs) They had let it go. They were not praying for it. They did not believe it was going to happen anymore. Okay? At least Zechariah didn't. Like, he's like, "Uh, I'm old. Like, we we have moved forward, right? And Elizabeth, I find this very interesting. And to be honest, I don't know the cultural um, back in the day. Like for her to remain in seclusion for five months, I don't know if that was normal or not. But my wonder is, have you ever had something so precious to you that you were scared to share it with someone else? As if 
like you had done something and you were really proud of it, but you knew if you told someone about it and they said something negative about it, it would just be so hurtful to you or almost like it was so fragile that if anyone even moved or whispered around it, it would just crumble. When I read that statement about her being in seclusion and she and her saying, in these days, God has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. As I said earlier, culturally, this issue would have been mostly Elizabeth's disgrace. And so if you can think about it through her life, and it says that Zechariah and Elizabeth were very righteous people. And you look at it and you have a situation where she has spent, like she has lived her life. She has spent her life. And all of the days that she was living, she didn't get her promise. She didn't get what she had hoped. She didn't get what she had prayed for. And it can be easy to believe that because she didn't get hurt by God that she isn't valued by him or she was um, not righteous in that day. That's how they would have viewed it. And she, I just think of Elizabeth as, I, I just think of her as such a vulnerable person in this moment. She finally gets her dreams to come true after, way after she'd already let them go. And it says she stayed in seclusion for five months and she, thinks, she thanked God because he had finally taken her disgrace from among the people. Can you imagine, or maybe you can, maybe you can relate where you've had something happen in your life and people have looked at you and just judged you. And of course, we all have that happen where you just get looked at and you get judged for something you did, something you said, something you were a part of, your family, whatever that be. And this was a woman who really had had a lot of disgrace among the people. Like people, whether they were kind to her or not, we don't know. But she certainly felt the judgment. And everyone got to decide why she wasn't being, you know, blessed by God. I just want to take a pause right here of just saying that in our world, we have such a unique perspective. Our perspective is very short term. I know mine is. And it's very, even in this perspective of our life on this earth, it's a very short amount of time compared to God's time frame, right? And so his timing is not our timing. And his perception is certainly not my perception, and his, him not acting, him acting fast and me thinking he's acting fat, fast is two different time frame, time expectations, correct? And so we hear and see time and time again in the Bible of people that were waiting on God and the high cost that it is. And what I really want to say today is I believe that there are some people listening to this that are so tired of waiting and so tired of praying for the same thing and so much just almost even thinking about letting it go. Like, I'm just done. I'm tired. And I really want to encourage you today that maybe maybe you need a break and maybe it is time to let something go. I, I don't know your situation, 
But what I do really want to encourage you is simply because you don't feel like you have gotten the answer that you expect or that you hoped does not mean that God is not seeing you and that you are not exactly where you are are supposed to be or, or that God's not pleased with you. In Zechariah and Elizabeth's case, I mean, he actually had this plan for them, whether that be, that was the plan all along, but I don't know how it all works, but he looked down on the earth and he chose them to be the the John the Baptist parents. And if you guys know, like John the Baptist really paved the way for Jesus. And Jesus even said that, I think he said, no man of greater honor, honor had ever been born of a woman of John the Baptist when he, at the end of his life, when he was in prison and started doubting. Like John was an amazing child to have. <laughs> an amazing child to birth into this world. And God chose them for that. And yet it could have been easy for them to define God as someone bad or or themselves as someone bad. But obviously, somewhere along the way, they were able to hold on to their righteousness. They were able to hold on to the fact that God is good. They were able to continue to be good and faithful servants. And I, I feel as if there are people in the earth, on the earth right now, listening to this, that you just feel defeated. You feel like you can't pray one more time for that same thing. You can't stay in the game. And I need to encourage you right now that we need you to stay in the game. And I don't know what God has for you. I don't know what he has for for your future. I don't know how everything is going to work out or when it will work out. But I do know that God honors the righteous. God does. It says in James, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We need righteous people to stand back up and to fight and pray for God's will to come on this earth. We need the women who have stopped believing that their promises that God has for them are are we need them to stop believing that they're not going to come true come true and we need them to stand back up and we need to hold hold them again. And we need to realize, too, that just because the timing is so different than what we expect, we can't define ourselves or, as, or our God as someone that he's not. You know, I love it that, you know, Elizabeth was, she, for whatever reason, felt like she was disgraced amongst her people. Like, she felt like an outcast. She felt judged. She felt like she didn't quite belong. But you know what? When Mary, uh, six months later, when Mary gets visited by the same angel, do you know what it says immediately? Because the angel told her about Elizabeth. Immediately, it says that Mary got, got ready and hurried to the town of Ju- Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. So, Elizabeth becomes this power figure in this whole story. We don't know the story of Elizabeth and Mary after the pregnancy, but we know that Mary stayed. Mary stayed with Elizabeth's home or in Elizabeth's home for about three months. 
So I just think this is so interesting. You have Elizabeth who's lived her whole life feeling a little bit like a failure, feeling a little bit like an outcast. And in, in when she is well along in years, as her husband defines her, she is given her miracle baby, her precious miracle baby. But not just that. Do you understand this was so much more than that? And it wasn't just about John. Mary, she gets the news. She's the exact opposite. Maybe she's praying with God and obedient with God, but she's at the exact opposite spectrum. She hasn't been waiting on God her whole life. In fact, she's a young girl who was not at all even ready to have a baby. She wasn't even fully married yet and in that position. So you have two women on the very opposite spectrums. You have a woman who now is in a situation she's not prepared for, honestly didn't want, never prayed for. And you know who she goes looking for? She goes looking for the woman who's been through it all, who's on the other side of the, the spectrum, the, the woman who knows who, what it's like. But yet also Mary, she hunkers down too. So Elizabeth got pregnant and spent five months in seclusion. And then Mary got pregnant and she spent three months with Elizabeth, just in a safe place, in a safe place. And so there's so much to be learned about this situation. Number one, sometimes us not getting our answers is not a sign that we're not doing what God wants us to do or that God isn't blessing us or happy with us. It's that he has something for us in a, in a way that we can't imagine, in a time frame that we can't imagine, where he's going to bring it all together. We've got to hold on to our righteousness and our faith. And, you know, Zechariah still was, still was in the temple. He still was serving God. He was a righteous servant. He, they had held on to their faith even through the years of disappointment. Goodness, so many people don't hold on through the valley. And we have to if we want to fulfill our purpose and destiny on this earth. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have Mary. She's young. She doesn't know what in the world is going on. And she is in a situation she does not feel prepared for. She does not feel equipped. She's like, what are you doing, God? I'm not ready for this. One girl is way past ready, already kind of past it. And the other girl hasn't even hit ready and is before it. And you have two women that God says, I see you and you are righteous. And I'm meeting you where you're at because you are chosen for this. So what I want to say to you is if you are a woman who feels past it, or if you are a woman who feels you're in a situation that you are not prepared for, know this, that God is choosing you for your purpose and destiny. And I need women, I need women to stand up, whether you are in Elizabeth's stage of life or you're in Mary's stage of life or somewhere in the between. I need you to stand up. I need you. I need you. And I need you to own your place in this earth. And I need you to see where you have defined God as something he's not, where you have stopped hoping for your dreams and promises to come forth. I need you to see that. 
so that as you see it, you can figure out where you need to go. And I do want to encourage you, you know, in the Bible, both Elizabeth and Mary found a safe place. They put themselves in safe places for a season. And so I want to encourage you, if you are in a time of your life where you feel like you are in over your head in any fashion, find a safe place. Find a person who is safe or a, or a couple of people who are safe for you. Find some safety for some time. Make your world small. Seclude yourself from some of it, even if that means boundaries with social media or the news or relationships. Make your world small for a bit and get yourself back in a place where you remember who God is. You remember who you are. You remember your promises, right? Get yourself in that place and and know, know who you are and remember who God is, okay? So this isn't exactly how the Bible studies go on Thursday, but it's a little bit kind of like this. But I love, I love diving into the word and seeing what we can discover. I do. And the truth is there's so much that can encourage us in our life today. And these were people too that went through some of these, some of these things. You're like, oh my goodness, how would, how in the world would you get through some of these things? that these men and women went through, right? And so it's a great, great reminder of perspective. I wanted to talk about this today just because I'm convinced that women on this earth need, need to be encouraged and need to own their significance. And just like I talked about on Monday, I'm convinced that it is time for women to rise up and take their place in the kingdom. No more, no less. I'm not asking us to make ourselves bigger than we are or more powerful than we are. I am asking us to simply stop sitting and laying and feeling overwhelmed and being stuck and paralyzed by, and overwhelmed by our circumstances and believing everything the world tells us and getting angry only at the newest thing the world tells us to be angry about. I'm asking you to, to pull yourself back and to maybe even find some seclusion and to get focused and say, I am only here for a certain amount of days on this earth and I have a purpose and I have a destiny and it is my job, it is my job to surrender my life and seek what God's will is for me and it is my job to pursue that with all that I have and all that I am and to ask God to bring his will and purposes to this life. And it is my job not to get distracted, not to live overwhelmed, not to live defeated, but to live in his plans and his purposes on earth as it is in heaven, right? So you guys know, as we wrap up, I have the pot, or the course that is starting next week. So if you are not in my community, you're going to want to get in that. And you can only get it today or tomorrow because it is Wednesday now. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, it is going away after Thursday night. Okay, I'm going to go through this. This is one of those courses that actually my community gets just incorporated in with their membership. And I actually did not design this to be a course. I designed it for them. And then I realized I am obsessed and I love this. And I truly felt like God was like, you need to offer this to other women because more women need to understand how they're supposed to pray how they're supposed to be persistent, how they're supposed to not let things go, and how they're supposed to stand firm 
in their role in the kingdom to do God's will on this earth, okay? So today is Wednesday. The course is open today and tomorrow. Go to womenwhoseek.com, womenwhoseek.com, and sign up, and we're going to get started next week. So womenwhoseek.com. Thanks, guys. I will see you back here on Monday. Uh, No, not Monday. Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm getting all confused. Wednesday. I'll see you next week. Unless you sign up for the course, then we'll be going on Monday. Okay, that's what I meant. (laughs) Sure, I knew what I was saying. I'll see you later. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're wondering what does Redemption Unveiled mean? Well, it comes from Romans 8, where it says creation is waiting for the children of God to be unveiled. You see, ever since Adam and Eve made that little mistake they made, humanity has been hiding themselves from God. Actually, Jesus even tells us that many people will be surprised that he says, I do not know you. I do not know you. What if the greatest call on our life is to learn to stop hiding and to be known? And what, just what if the world is waiting on that? What if the world is waiting on you? I'm Haley, I am obsessed with this, and I'm happy to have you here. Of course, you can find me at Redemption Unveiled on all the socials. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, bye.